Good morning, you're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your weekly look at what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. So this episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped store. Use the coupon code PODCAST to get 20% off your next purchase. That's the coupon code PODCAST at the Untapped store. Hi, everyone. I'm John, and I love episodes where we get to have a guest on the show. We began our Beer 101 series on June 17th. It was episode 13 in our third season with a feature about hops. And since then, we've covered all four vital ingredients in beer, how to actually turn them into a beer and what to do with it afterwards. And on this episode 27, we're bringing Ryan Wheaton from the Branding Brews podcast on to talk about how marketing plays a role in the beers we drink. But first, let's open up a quick pint. Harrison, what do we got? All right. So I'm very excited, as we always are with every beer we drink. We can't intro beers any other way here, but it's true. I'm pumped. We're drinking from Lord Hobo Doom Sauce. So you heard that right. If you're more familiar with their, I guess, uh, more distributed beer, more widely distributed beer, Boom Sauce, this is the black IPA version of that beer. Double IPA, excuse me, Doom Sauce. It's got an awesome label with like a hop grim reaper, a hop reaper, whatever you want to call it. Um, But quick specs on it. Uh, So again, from Lord Hobo Brewing, a double black IPA clocks in at 7.8% ABV. Uh, and from the brewery, it's quick notes on it. So kind of gives a little backstory here of, of Doom Sauce. So welcome, darkness has fallen upon our flagship double IPA, pouring black as midnight with a hefty tan head yet conjuring the aromas of fresh citrus layered with a soft tropical fruit and candied orange flavors you know and love in Boom Sauce. There appears to be something sinister at work by summoning the smoothest black malts available to mortal men. We've created a delicate roasted malt backbone with a slightly sweet and remarkable clean finish. From the depths of the darkness, the doom sauce emerges. So setting a tone. That's awesome. I I, like, thank uh, you for addressing that. I was like, wait, these are the boom sauce guys. Right. And yeah, now tonight we'll know them as the doom sauce guys. I feel like a, like a church bell should have been ringing slowly in the background as I read that as we pour this, like the beginning of Hell's Bells from ACDC. But John, have you already gotten? Have you had your first sip? Yeah, you I took there? I took a sip already. Yeah, I snuck one in. I thought I saw that. Looks delicious. Looks beautiful. Yeah, um, this is different yeah. than Boom Sauce because uh, it's black. But True. outside of that, um, okay, so I'm having a hard time getting confused. I should say by the aroma and the taste. I get a lot of like rich roasted in the nose of this beer. But if I can block that out, I swear to God, this almost just tastes like a really clean, crisp IPA. Yeah. And it, it, it may just be me, Harrison, help me out. What are you getting on your first sip? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's interesting. So in my experience, black IPAs can kind of dance a couple different, walk down two different roads. We'll get to that in a minute, but this one I'm tasting kind of like, um, like a bitter coffee, yeah, bitter coffee, and I mean that. And not that's not a knock. That's just kind of like knowing it's a beer 
the bitterness for me, I think is coming from the hops more than anything. And the nose, there's like a grassy, there's like a fresh grassy. Ooh, you get a little bit of like, right. Like a candied orange in there, uh, but that Halloween-y. a little bit. Yeah, maybe right. Maybe it's like a chocolatey kind of candy thing, something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's sure. What, um, yeah. But like first sip, it's like a, right. A, a lighter kind of coffee that crawls into that. Like it's an earthy, I guess would say like uh, bitterness to it. Um, so maybe like some of the citrus tones are just doing something different with this malt backbone where it's not like a punch of orange in the face. It's more like your, your, those roasted malts while pretty smooth are, um, blending into that like hop bitterness in a pretty interesting way. Yeah. It's it. I, I think the the battle that's happening mm. here, if I can make Ooh. it up, is I'm getting this rich coffee roasted, almost yeah. chocolatey from yeah. the malt, but bitter, right? Not like milk chocolate, but the right. good stuff right. that most of us don't want to spend the money on unless right. it's someone's birthday, <laughs> that type of chocolate. And then you're mixing it with, I don't know what hops are in this beer, but my my mouth is telling me that there's some kind of like citrus flavor that's coming from the hop and those two things are kind of battling in this doom sauce yeah i mean second sips i get like it's interesting it's almost like um like there's a grapefruit running around in there somewhere like i drink it and it's like roasty grapefruit uh malty (laughs) and then it's and it, it, it does it like jumps up quickly both in flavor and bitterness, which is, again, it's fun. Mm. And in keeping with the new tradition of the, I guess it's not that new anymore, but a kind of current tradition, then I guess I could say with the podcast, we are going to highlight what the BJCP has to say about this style of beer. And so uh, if you don't know yet, this is technically black IPAs are the 21B specialty IPA, black IPA category as the BJCP sees it. And, Quickly, overall impressions um, on this guy. Uh, they say a beer with the dryness, hop forward balance, and flavor characteristics of an American IPA, only darker in color, but without strongly roasted or burnt flavors. The flavor of darker malts is gentle and supportive, not a major flavor component. And drinkability is key. And kind of they go through the appearance and aroma and flavor of this, which is, you know, kind of can be. Um, dancing between right like chocolate and grapefruit and coffee and orange and stone fruit and and obviously the hops you use at that point can open you up to all kinds of flavors um here but one of the yeah kind of as i mentioned earlier i've had black ipas kind of go down two different roads some of them i've had where if i had my eyes closed and drink it i would just think it was like the hoppiest ipa ever like nighttime from lagunitas is a beer like that where it's like I I wouldn't know it's a black IPA if it you know if I wasn't looking at it. It's so bitter. It's light. The the dark malts almost. It's like the, I don't not sure what they're even doing to the the, the profile of that beer. It's really all about the hops as most of their beers are. Maybe adds a bit to the mouthfeel. Um, and then there are other ones that are kind of like almost like a like a hop forward porter. And those are cool too. Yeah. For like Founders Dark Penance. There you go. Okay. Yes, that's Dark, a great example. Angry, You're right. Right. That's a big beer too. Isn't it like nine percent or something, if not more? It's like a bigger I loved that beer when that thing came out. 
Um, and then, yeah, right. Founders also made like a black rye IPA that I loved. That was oh. the other the other way of doing that, where that was like a really hop forward beer that blasted you with hops. So it's you know a lot of these styles. They're um, you know if you don't know already, it's kind of obvious though. There it's a it's there's a there's a broadness to them. Um, in fact, the first uh, allowing for experimental you know things, which was oftentimes creates some of the best beers out there an example of this would be the first time i had stone's sublimely self-righteous which yep. a lot of people know now is like a, a pioneer of black ipas when that beer first came out though it was listed on beer advocate and untapped as an american strong ale i believe which is like basically saying that's like anything that's like can be an just IPA, an it can be yeah. an imperial porter it can be like Very an american strong ale. right it's huge so but I remember, and always will, the first night I had it, it was at TJ's Drinkery and Paoli PA, which always makes like the top 100 best beer bars in the world, as it should. It's great. It was the day before their like fourth or fifth anniversary party, which is always like a ridiculous bonanza of barrel-aged uh, you know, nonsense. But when in the night before, and the bartender was like, who I knew well, was like, come over here, you gotta try this thing, it's crazy. And I was like, what is it? What's going to blow my mind? I don't know. I know everything about beer, like a dumb, ignorant person, uh, a young 20 something (laughs) beer crusader. And he poured it. And I was like, what is this? This Is stout? And I drank it. And I was like, what's happening? (laughs) And immediately, right. It's, you know, like seeing sliced bread for the first time or something. You're like, what? It can be. This can be done. Of course it can be done. Uh, And then your life changes. So um, I've always loved this style. Um, Long story short. But uh, love to hear from you guys out there if you have like a first black IPA experience or something like that where you like had a beer style the first time and it was crazy. Uh, share it with us. Go into the Facebook group, tweet us at that beer podcast, however you like. But but that's mine. I love this style and I saw the art, the style, and I was like, we got to do this, John. So pump we uh, pump we did, dude. Definitely. Speaking about the art, I mean the label. Yes. I want to buy this T-shirt. It's got like the hopped Grim Reaper on oh, the I can label. This beautiful gold comes right, through right. for Doom Sauce. Mm. I mean, it's it's heavy metal and beer. Um, and what better segue, uh, talking about label art, to bring in the next segment to this episode. We've got uh, Ryan queued up for an interview. We're going to talk about marketing. It's what he does. Yeah. And this is the final episode of our Beer 101. So we're bringing Ryan in uh, to really talk about kind of how the label takes that beer off the grocery shelf and into your fridge at home. All right. So we're really excited to have Ryan joining us, uh, literally as close as we can get uh, joining us on this episode. Um, Ryan's a, a podcaster, but he's also really creative. And um, without further ado, Ryan, would you mind just kind of taking a, a, a second and in, in, uh, introducing everyone to yourself? Absolutely. What's up, guys? Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's, it, was a, it was great fun having you on my podcast. Uh, yeah. For those of you out there, it's the it's called Branding Brews. Uh, the podcast has been around for uh, three and a half years or so now. I uh, have over 50 episodes that are all like deep dive interviews with other industry professionals and myself just, just discussing everything that goes into marketing, branding and design for a brewery, for beer, um, 
yeah, it, it covers everything. Um, yeah. So I've been doing that for a while. Uh, but my main background really is um, in graphic design and branding. Uh, and I've been doing that for 20 years. Uh, and then, yeah, like in the last, um, let's say within like the last seven to eight years, uh, I really kind of put my focus into just the craft beer industry because it's something I was just passionate about already. Uh, and I felt like my talents in and my style in design really lent well. Uh, and at the time, uh, craft beer packaging kind of sucked. <laughs> it was all very like very clip art looking you know like lots of right. rivers rivers and um, dogs and hops that's it <laughs> um yeah and so uh, and there was also really there was hardly anyone that was um from the design world that was putting themselves out into the beer space uh and so at the time it was unique now it's a it's a much more competitive uh area in regards mm. to the you know, it's hard to find a designer now that has not done something for a brewery almost. Right. Um, but it's a whole lot of fun. Um, I've been having a lot of fun doing the podcasts and, and the, the beer community is great. It's been great to be a part of that. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on here to talk more with, with the untapped folks and, and audience out there. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think I, I love your, your, your backstory uh, um, and it, <laughs> summing it up, right, is kind of you saw a need, you had a talent, and, and that's kind of what, if I can romanticize, that's what yeah. kind of created. You've got, so you've got a, a business in, um, in doing design work for craft beer and a podcast as well, which, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, Harrison and I were kind of fortunate enough uh, that was our first introduction on uh, branding brews on your podcast. Um, the first question I want to ask for our listeners is, I mean, you kind of alluded to it um, in your introduction, but I think it's important. So like, what was it, what was that first kind of nudge that took you to say, you know, like, all right, I'm creative beer right now is, is a, is a clip art, uh, a bunch <laughs> of clip arts turned to labels on the yeah. shelf. What what led you to kind of like what what led you to kind of take that leap and say I think you know I think there's a business here. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, uh, as I had mentioned, you know, I, well, so my my style, I I had uh, when I graduated college, I really um, I was an avid snowboarder. Um, and I grew up riding skateboards and, and like, that mm -hmm. was my kind of my, my style. Uh, when I graduated college, I really wanted to get into that industry. Um, but that was a, that at the time was it, I'm sure still is super competitive industry. Um, you have to be like a killer, like illustrator artist to, to mm -hmm. land any sort of, you know, um, work in that, in that realm. Uh, and I started, but I, when I was in, when I went back to college, I started working for a, a weekly publication that was like art and um, like art, music and style, kind of a weekly publication. Uh, and then, and I was designing like the covers of the publication weekly um, and those kind of things. And that, that was a whole lot of fun. That was more of my aesthetic uh, and style. Uh, and there's something that I really like about doing print design where uh or like logo design where you you design something and then you get to see it printed and you get to see it out in the wild um i got to a point where i, I was a creative director for a uh, a marketing agency in chico california um and i was a creative director at that agency and i was with them for 10 years 
And uh, it got to a point where I started evolving into a role that was doing a lot of like um, application design, like UI and UX and app design, which I'm some, wow. some you guys are probably familiar with. I was doing mobile apps and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. So I know, right in the world of you guys and Untapped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, you guys, it's cool because like, you're, you're, mel- you're, you're melding the world of that kind of uh, user design and experience, but also with beer. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, but for me, like I started going down that path and it was just like, you know, um, wasn't really feeling it so much. Uh, I wasn't really enjoying designing websites and user experience as much as I did. I really liked to just make something that looked really cool and just like see it printed on a poster and see it like up at the wall, like somewhere. You know, because it was done, you know, it's like it's printed, right. it looked cool and it was done. And I can walk away from it and be like, that was awesome. But uh, with a website, it's like, it's ever evolving. It's not done. It's it's like all of a sudden you can always make the user experience better, you know. Um, but, uh, and so at that point, I was just like, I'm not totally stoked with where I'm going. And I love beer. I've, you know, I've loved beer since I was not quite old enough to drink it. <laughs> um, but uh, right, I mean, I think that's where a lot of people's story goes that way. Uh, and yeah. I'm just like, man, I just, I should just focus on working, trying to work with breweries. You know, their labels are not great. There were some coming out that were better than you know right. than, than right. they had been. And so I think I saw this emergence of good design and good labels mm. and good branding. And I was like, well, man, I want to get into this and, and kind of ride that wave and and try to help a lot of breweries get better with with their branding. I, I, I love that. Right. Uh, again, kind of seeing, seeing this could be better. Um, I mean, even still all the beers that we're drinking when you're looking at the label and you're taking a picture of it for your check-in photo. Um, I, I think there's, there's that person that's looking at that label and thinking, you know, like I could, I could do this better. It's not me. Um, but, um, yeah. But I love that kind of uh, intro story, um, the yeah. origin story. Uh, there you Har- go. Harrison, uh, you've been quiet for longer than you normally uh. are. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting like a sponge waiting to pounce yeah. or fall or whatever sponges do. Just, I guess they keep sponging. <laughs> yeah, ready to plop. <laughs> Growing, right, sporing. Anyway, depends what kind of sponge you're talking about, I guess. Um, so that's that's awesome. The, the kind of talking about music and skateboarding and um, you know, I've many times heard the comparison from uh, designer friends of mine kind of uh, talking about like how, like what record labels used to be in like the 70s is kind of what yeah. like can labels or beer labels are now there's like this desire to do it and it's it's very cool but like you said 10 plus years ago whatever it, w- it was very much like lots of rivers and mountains and and kind of not definitely not what it is today where i've seen beer cans that are like works of art no question and i bought the prints of that you know can uh, as a poster uh because it, it truly was you know just it made an impact on me so i guess um I guess the, the kind of the, the question though I had, and we can talk about that for sure, but the question I had kind of bridging off of that was I've played, um, I played guitar for like 23 years and I think I have my own style, but I always like to look towards like um, other greats like Jay Maskus from Dinosaur Jr. or, or Alex nice. Lifeson from Rush. Those are two guys that I, I, I like from kind of different worlds for guidance and inspiration. Are there like, I guess, artists or even like breweries now that you follow or you think like wow they're doing a really cool job ones you've worked with or maybe ones like you've watched from afar and kind of been like that's really interesting i wonder what their 
going to do next, uh, that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're asking if there's any that I'm following that I'm kind of maybe inspiration, yeah. inspirational or that. Sure. Um, yeah. Or just, a, yeah. or just do a killer job and you're like, well, this, every time you see it, you're like, whoa, all right. That was, that's cool. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think like, um, yeah, I mean, there's ones. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think there's some that are, that are kind of iconic that right. stand out, that stand out for different reasons. Um, I recently did a, an interview with, uh, Austin beer works. Yeah. I, saw uh, and that, I think, right. Yeah. I think they're pretty iconic in that. Like you can recognize that, that a on the front mm-hmm. of their cans, you know, from 10, 20 feet away, uh, which I think point. is really, really important yeah. to, on the shelf. Uh, I feel like there's so many breweries now that, uh, not so many, but a good amount of breweries that like that do a good job of having, um, I mean, I mean, I'm a beer nerd. I love the kind of like premium, like barrel aged bottled, like right. uh, wild mixed fermentation stuff. So, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So I feel there's a good amount of breweries that are, that are doing a really cool job at getting really funky artistic, uh, labels on these small batch bottles. Um, so I, that, that, that drives, I think my, a lot of the kind of passion and, uh, love behind that. Uh, and I think there's so many, uh, unfortunately I'm not calling recalling anybody specific, um, in that regards, yeah. but no, but there are yeah, there tons. Yeah. Um, but I did, yeah, I'm definitely inspired, uh, by uh, so many of them. Um, yeah. And I, I grew up, I, uh, grew up playing guitar too. So I feel like we have a little bit of a shared background there. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, that's awesome. And I see so many kind of parallels in the, the craft beer world, whether it's like music or even like kind of certain countercultures, whether it's like, I don't know, skateboarding or whatever, but do you kind of, or do you see when it comes to like marketing and approaches to brands and getting the word out and doing that creatively, like other industries that like maybe are borrowing from craft beer or that like you can see like, whoa, you know, um, you know, skateboarding did this first and now craft beer is kind of emulating a similar approach, whether it's for like, like sneakers, you get a lot of comparison to like limited beer releases or like limited sneaker releases. And there's a line out the door and there's a hype and all this stuff. Are, are you kind of like, I don't know, putting your, like keeping a pulse on that kind of stuff or just in you know, kind of common observations, seeing, seeing other industries that maybe you have drawn parallels from or inspiration from, or just kind of been like, Oh, that's interesting. I see that, that idea of FOMO or whatever kind of works across people, whether it's beer or like a rare donut, um, (laughs) you know, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question. I think, um, and I think that's something that I'm always, uh, wanting to look, look, to find those kind of parallels and to look at other industries. Uh, I, I, the, the beer shelves are crazy. Uh, you know, I think the closest thing you can compare it to would be almost like a wine shelf in a Mm. market, you know, where you literally have hundreds of labels on like a wine shelf. So I, I think I looked a little, a little bit into, I mean, wine's different, but I know with the kind of a premiumization of like beer that they're kind of going more towards kind of that kind of wine where you got the the terroir and the kind of all these different like things going on um but you know on the main shelves you know of of craft beer it's um you know there's so many different labels so many different styles uh you know so that's the only thing the closest comparison would would be like maybe like wine but it's become with the the kind of rise of and 
of like popularity in craft beer, there has become this kind of become like a lifestyle brand kind of Mm. thing. You know, if you think about somebody that walks into a party, um, you know, it's got like a four pack or a six pack in their hand. Um, that's kind of like this, it's almost a style, you know, it's almost a lifestyle. It, it could be like sneakers, right? Like if you walk right. into a party and you've got this, those new Jordans or whatever, I'm not a sneaker yeah, guy. Right. I'm not a sneaker guy. So that's like, probably, yeah. but you that know, you're walking with those the, are the shoes. New, yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're shoes. <laughs> you like walk into a party with the new Jordans and somebody right. looks and you're like, Oh, that, that person has that style or that like, right. they're cool. Right. They, so if you walk in and you've got like some new, like Allagash, like four pack, they're like, Oh damn, that dude knows what's <laughs> up, you know? Right. Um, so there's some lifestyle element to that. So I'm really interested in learning more about those kind of like lifestyle brands. Um, and I think also talking like on the marketing side of things, uh, and uh, Allagash was a great example actually to Mm -hmm. talk about in regards to branding and marketing and their like Instagram, you know, like they do a great job at really encapsulating like the, the, the lifestyle of like the outdoors and, you know, um, just, just like what it's like to be out at their brewery and, and um, you know, so that in that, in that sense, I think they're doing a great job. I think it's really trying to create an experience, trying to um, yeah. create something that people can recognize and like want to be a part of. Yeah. Wonderful. They had uh, Allagash just recently. I saw they posted like a picture of the foliage and I mean, Allagash is a brewery and here they are talking about how beautiful <laughs> the leaves are. And right. I, it, and it does. It helps me identify with them more than just, oh, they make my beer. But I also like camping. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I like your I love your story about like seeing someone at a party that's wearing <laughs> Jordans and knowing yeah. All right, I can't talk to them about sneakers. Right. But if they're holding <laughs> the new four pack of Allagash, like yeah. I, like I, it's it is like it helps me kind of uh, a lifestyle brand for sure. One of the things I was really excited to talk to you about kind of comes from my own, like early on in, in my, in, in my beer profession, um, I was, I was help, I was at retail sales and people would like the, the kind of the simplified version of the story is people would come in looking for a fat tire. And then right. some people would also say like, what do you have from new Belgium? Right. And so one of the questions I wanted to ask you was like, how is it like, is it important that breweries differentiate themselves from their beer? Um, or is it something they do intentionally? Like now, if you look at new Belgium, most people probably think of them as the voodoo ranger people. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a clever marketing move or is that something that you think about? Um, I guess I, uh, to this, to this point, um, I haven't worked with maybe like that kind of caliber of, of brewery. Uh, the doors are open. I'm welcome to it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Hit them up. But I haven't worked, you know, with like the new Belgiums or Sierra Nevadas or, uh, you know, like, uh, one Firestone Walker 805 is, is a good, another good example. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, I, so I, I will say that, uh, first and foremost, I think that you need to, especially for a newer brewery, uh, you know, it's so easy well, a new brewery comes out, it's going to get hyped up, you know? Um, and with the kind of aesthetic and, and like style of doing like taproom releases where like, you know, one 
one package, you know, I think like Harrison, you mentioned like the Marlboro, yeah. Marlboro uh, label that you saw that, you know, right. um, you got one that looks like that. You got one that looks like a cartoon. You got one that looks like, and it's all from the same brewery. Um, mm. Yeah. And if you're a new brewery that's getting hyped up, you're going to sell, you're going to sell a lot of beer because you're new. But when that kind of starts tapering off, um, do people still remember you for your brewery name, for your brewery brand? Or do they, you know, so I think first and foremost, I think it's really important to develop the brand of your brewery uh, mm-hmm. and and to have that be recognizable on the label, um, I think. And that's not to say that you can't leave room for creative artwork and to have fun releases and fun names and that kind of stuff like that. But I think it's really important that you have your brewery prominent on that label. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a, I think there's a good uh, argument that you should have well-designed and branded, uh, maybe like core packaging. So you're like your everyday beers that you're going to be releasing. Right. Um, and I think nowadays too, because retail uh, retail is so sought after because of the whole coronavirus situation. Right. Yeah. So it's competitive. I think some some re- retailers I think are wanting to see a consistent flow of like core beers, um, depending on where your market is. You know, other markets are totally used to having just a bunch of one offs, and they have a dedicated section on the store that's all one offs, and so that's right. a different different story. But. Uh, so for your brewery's brand, I think it's great to have a great uh, core package, like look and feel that, and that can be used to then build what your one-offs look like or what your seasonals look like. Um, and then they can like relate to each other. So you can, so you can look at a one-off and be like, Oh, that's still, you know, XYZ brewery. I can tell by the look, but it's just different, you know? Um, it's uh, it takes time. I think if you ask any of these breweries, like about eight oh five or Fat Tire or Voodoo Ranger, um, I don't think most of those started off as like let's give this its own dedicated brand. Right. You know? uh, they evolved and grew that way. Yeah. Um, I sure. knew. Uh, I, I interviewed um, uh, Andrew Emerton from New Belgium. He's a specialty brand manager for them, and uh, it, se- it seemed to some degree that there's some there were some challenges that. That, that they were known as the fat tire brewery, right. you know, um, it's great that that was iconic, but then at, at certain times when you want to break off and you want to release other beers and have them become right. equally notable, uh, if you're known as just the yeah. fat, t- fat tire brewery, then it's like, yeah. you got to break out of that. So I think it has some downfalls, um, you know, running and then running two brands is like, that's also challenging. You know, you got to do two social media accounts. You got to do, uh, you know, all this marketing for two different brands. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's great. I'm sure it's no doubt great to have that like iconic winner. That's just like raking in the money. So you can do all these other fun experiments over here. But, yep. uh, you know, like, I think it's just something you, you'll grow into, you know, I think, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to try, try to launch that. I think when you do launch a, a beer, um, this, I think ties to this is that I think you should, think of it as a kind of a campaign or kind of a brand of its own, you know, um, you can release a label, uh, say it's like a, a fruited wheat beer or something. And it's in the summer. Well, you're going to market that to like a, a certain feel, you know, like summer, right. uh, rivers, lakes, uh, summer, you know, yeah, you're going to market that a kind of certain way. Uh, but if you're, if you're going to be marketing like, a, a wild, like mixed fermentation saison in a bottle, you're going to be speaking about it in a different way and it's going to have its own kind of thing. 
Um, and so you can kind of create like branding campaigns around each label, right? It's like each one of it's its own brand. So you can create its own look and feel. You can create its own kind of persona about how you talk about it, like what kind of language you use. Um, and so you can treat each one. I think it's a good idea to treat each one kind of its own, like its own little brand and, and talk about it and market it in its own way. Yeah, that's great. That's I I appreciate you answering uh, that question because I I think it's it's probably something that there isn't really an easy answer for but, right um, but I I think you gave some great context um, Thank it, you, yeah. as to like how <laughs> what are the pros and cons of being the fat tire brewery yeah um, and when you said managing more than one social media right. uh, <laughs> I manage my own personal social media yeah. sometimes and it's overwhelming <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I often I wanna, fail at that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's it's no longer summer anymore. I'll just scroll past that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Harrison had a pretty awesome uh, kind of closing question ready for you, Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of just like a yeah, fun one, speaking of all this, and really kind of just to your point just now of treating – treating you could treat each beer release as its its own brand and, and market it as such. Are there any off the top of your head like crazy beer labels or effective, really effective or memorable kind of campaigns that, that you think of, whether it's for a brewery or a new beer release or, you know, whatever that that you're thinking about it now, so clearly it made an impact on it. Is anything like that kind of like jump out right away where even if it wasn't crazy, it, just like you said, it might just be Allagash taking a picture of trees in the fall and you're like, uh, this is no longer just a brewery. Now I feel like it's a bit of an experience, a bit of a lifestyle brand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anything like that that you uh, you can think of or want to share? Um, uh, yeah, but there's so many. Um, and I guess I guess part of the challenge is I, I'm I'm uh, I have a good circle of friends that are all that all do branding for breweries as well, yeah. and and I see so much of their work. Um, you know, like uh, you know, I, I've got a good buddy. His name is Alex. He works for um, the brewery and offshoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's he's shown me some cool stuff they've been doing with like uh, offshoot with like some of their campaigns, um, where you know they create a label and then they also have uh, a bunch of different Instagram, uh, you know, images that, that match the label art, you know, and then yes. like campaigns in regards to like the the merchandise that will go with it too. Um, so that you know that that there's they're doing some great stuff. Um, you know, I think maybe another one that might be bigger uh, that comes to mind would be and. A, I saw the, I think it was maybe like the marketing manager from Sierra Nevada that was uh, doing a presentation at, um, uh, I think it was a California Craft Summit conference. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they were talking about finding their um, kind of way when it came to marketing and branding. And, and uh, it took them how, like, you know, th- this was just recently that they discovered that, like, they need to, like, market this as, like, an outdoors beer. Right, right. And and they were like, why in the hell have we not figured this out? <laughs> We've been doing business for 25 years. Right. And they were they were doing, before they, they were doing billboards, they were doing uh, magazine ads, uh, they were doing, like, traditional advertising that most sure. breweries don't do. Granted, it's here in Nevada, you know, but they... Um, they finally got to the point where they're like, they're like, we need to be marketing this to showing the beer on a kayak in a lake. They need to be, you know, they need to be showing this beer uh, in the, on in somebody's backpack hiking along a trail. It's like, because um, they, I think they went, asked their customers and they, I think they finally realized that like when somebody thinks of 
Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, they think of the mountains. They think of hiking. They think of camping. So they, as just an example, I think like in regards to those kind of like campaigns, I think um, that was a good case study of like, uh, think, what do your customers think of about your beer and then trying to like figure that out. But they, they finally found out what resonated and I was like, okay, boom, here's now everything you see from them now is like kind of like, this is like the outdoor beer that you should take out, take camping with you or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's great. And they're one of my favorite breweries. So I follow all their stuff and it's, you're right. That's a great point though, of, of even now, like I think of them as an outdoor brand, but like, I don't know when I started thinking about that. It probably wasn't, it's only probably been a couple of years since they figured it out. But huh. in my head, they've now that I'm realizing that, like, I just have always thought of them that way. But at some point, they weren't. They were just kind of like Sierra Nevada and we're the pale ale. And, but they figured it out. And, and right. And now looking back, all I see in recent memory is like, right, kayaks and camping and I'm on the beach or yeah. they, did a, they did a great campaign where it was like a Instagram kind of hashtag whatever it was and they do you take a picture of their beer somewhere cool and the top three people want a backpack or whatever but it was like you know thousands of entries and mm. a lot of great engagement it was really cool to follow along with it and see like where people were taking this beer and and you're right like now when i think about going camping or going to the beach or whatever it's like well obviously i gotta get a sierra nevada if i'm gonna do this yeah. and it's like that thought feels natural in my head like i came up with it but I didn't. I'm just like <laughs> thinking about the, how many times I've seen on their social media, like someone in the woods with a beer that I think it's, it's just like an idea I think I'm having, but it's, it's not, it's, which so is, it worked. Know, yeah, it, it totally worked. worked. It worked perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I want one right yeah. now. Yeah, it's worked really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I'll say too, it, it can be really challenging because, um, you know, you're constantly trying to feed the beasts, you know, you're right. putting out, you're putting out a new beer like once or twice a month, you know, um and so they could be challenging in regards to being able yeah. to dedicate that kind of uh efforts money time Oof, uh yeah. to to creating a campaign around each one but um you know i guess i can kind of go back to the the idea of having those like iconic like 805 or fat tires like over time like you know maybe you you develop a, a flagship or a core you know or something um regardless i think it's worthwhile to try to like um create mm-hmm. some sort of like campaign that goes beyond just the label that goes to, you know, different images for Instagram and Facebook and different, um, merchandise items that could like, you know, there's been some, um, another one actually the funny that comes to mind is like, uh, I think Alvarado street, mm-hmm. um, you know, in California and they do just super like, they created like this like 80s style video where they're all wearing like they're wearing like hip sacks, you know, and like yep. neon colors and like they're on jet skis, like pounding like 12 ounce beers. And, um, <laughs> you know, and there's there's some fun stuff that you, they do where like you can, uh, you know, you with like each four pack, you get like a fanny pack or something, you know, uh, just okay. just just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, there's I think there was one that came out. I had this idea and I think somebody somebody did it actually did it where they designed a label to where it was the old school 3d and it came with the red and blue glasses oh, on, a, nice. on a four pack. Yeah. There we go. So oh my just gosh. try to do fun stuff like that. I think I, the idea it's, it's, uh, it's hard to grab people's attention these days. And I think anything like that right. is just going to going above and beyond your typical label. Yeah. You know, do you think a quick follow up to that? Do you think that like doing things like that? So for like a single brand or, a single campaign, like obviously the goal is to not just sell that beer and a lot of that beer, but like kind of endear yourself to to gather more fans, basically, like make yourself 
cool, but also do you think that do you think that it's pretty effective? Like maybe it's one beer a year is that 3D glasses on the four pack with the comic strip that's part of the packaging, but like that's what gets that person to like the the 11 months left of the year keep coming back to your brand because it's like oh the brewery that did that goofy thing once i'm gonna i like them like it's that's kind of the goal right to get someone to like have in your head like i have with the woods in sierra nevada like i like <laughs> these guys i like yeah. i like these guys like if that's your first thought i think that's you've you know you've kind of won yeah but how do you get there right like right anyway yeah i think there's like a general like rule that i think that's like once somebody sees your like logo or brand or whatever, like seven times. Yes. And it's something that might actually stick. Right. Yes. Um, so I think the idea, and this is, I think what goes with branding in general is just consistency. Mm. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's damn hard. You know, you think about like, you see, uh, you know, follow us on Facebook and it's some like, uh, it's like a mortuary or a morgue or something, right? It's like, I'm not going to follow you on Facebook. You're freaking morgue. What are you talking about? But we have specials every right. Thursday. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's discount. Yeah, uh, discount Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's, it's hard to get people to follow you on Facebook or Instagram. Right. But with that said, uh, if somebody has, you know, you put out a really fun label and it's got 3D glasses and somebody's like, whoa, that's really cool. Um, you know, they, and they see you in the store again and you've got something else that also like, it doesn't have to maybe be as equal as, you know, um, like creative and crazy, but if it still has a really good label and it's, you know, um, it's something they see once somebody like has experience with your brand, they're much more likely to buy it again, yeah. you know? Um, if I know for me personally, um, sometimes like sometimes I will just go to a brand I know on the shelf just to avoid spending, you know, 15, 16 bucks on like a, a four pack that I might take home and not love. You know, yeah. if I see a brewery that I know and I love and they've got a beer maybe I haven't tried, well, then I'll just maybe just go for that. Um, you know, and that's I think for me, that's how I work when I go to when I look at a shelf. Um, so yeah. when somebody's when somebody experiences your brand, they're much more likely to come back to it. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the things about having great branding and having consistent packaging is that once somebody becomes familiar with your brand, it makes it that much easier for you to put out new releases uh, because they see that they look on the shelf like, oh, that's XYZ Brewery. And oh, what do you know? Like there's a new label. I haven't seen that one. Um, mm -hmm. I've tried them. I like them. They had this really fun one and they had 3D glasses. Yeah, I'll try that new one. You know, uh, it just makes it that much easier. Um, and this is the consistency. So I think having equal quality uh, in regards to your label design consistent consistently so that once they see it, they know who you are and it looks, it, it represents the quality of your beer, the quality of your design, the quality of your branding has a direct correlation to how like people perceive the quality of the liquid inside. Um, so I yep. think that that makes, you know, that makes a, a big difference there. Um, so I think really those all play factors. I think if you can grab somebody's attention with that fun thing, but then you can kind of just keep coming with consistency and, and, and like people will start to get to know you and then that will make a connection there. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I love that point. Um, and you tell it so well, I can like, it takes me right back to my last trip down the beer aisle you know, where you see, like, I'm a huge fan of Burial here in North Carolina. They have a pretty regular artist that does all their labels for them. I've bought a couple of prints because I think, I think he's a talented artist. And they have one label on their inner tube lager 
right. that stands. It doesn't look like a burial right. beer. Hmm. And uh, and every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's a neat looking label. Who makes this? And I have to like grab the can and remind myself that's a that's a burial beer. Yeah. And I could see that going bad the other way as well, right? Like if I'm looking for another beer from a from a brand that I've already that's already earned my trust and yeah. they release uh, a new one-off beer and it doesn't match their brand, then I, I might be more likely to not even notice it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another great. Another point I was going to mention is that, um, you know, so there's, there's a couple ways you can look at it. There's, you know, kind of talking about more like just one-offs that you're going to do like, uh, you know, you're just going to do like a palette of, and then you're going to be done with, or, you know, there's, the ones that you're going to try to have like maybe on the shelves more regularly. So you might have something that's more um, designed as like a core kind of look and feel that's like consistent. It's totally okay to have those crazy one-offs, you know, that don't match anything you've got, you know, uh, if you're planning on selling them out of that tap room and you know, whatever, like that's okay. You know, this, that's, and that's been working for a lot of mm-hmm. breweries. Um, but, you know, just be, just be aware. I feel like that I've noticed a lot of breweries that, um, go all over the place like they hire one designer to do this label they hire another designer to do this label they hire an artist to do this label and like maybe the artist does no design so they don't they make a cool looking piece of art but they don't make a label that's designed well um that's all sit that's all good and everything if you have a strategy behind it if you are putting it together in a cohesive way but if it's all just all over the place hodgepodge then that makes your brand that much weaker it just mm-hmm. makes it harder to remember you when you see it on the shelf yeah Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. We've all been there. Um, but while, while we're not in the beer shelf, before we go out to make our next purchase, I want to remind everyone that they're welcome to, and please do check the show notes for this episode. Uh, check out the link to Branding Brews, which is Ryan's podcast. If you want to learn more about marketing, um, please check him out. Send us any feedback you have about the interview. Um, otherwise, before we get to wrapping up the show, Ryan, any parting words? If not, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, no, this has been really fun. I know you guys, you know, being in Untapped, you've you've seen so much in regards to labels and the you know marketing sure. and the in the beer industry. So it's just an honor to be on with you guys. I appreciate it. Um, no, I mean just uh, you know. You can check me out at uh, craftbrewcreative.com. That's where my business lies. Uh, you can you can check out my portfolio and on stuff I do, you know, there. Um, and yeah, if, if anyone honestly has any questions, if you want to pick my brain, um, reach out. It's, uh, it's Ryan at craftbrewcreative.com. Um, I'm always happy to connect with people and talk with people uh, just in, in whatever way. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks again. Yeah, this was awesome, Ryan. We had a blast. And uh, now I'm going to go find some Sierra Nevada and a yeah. cave to drink it in or whatever. and yeah, On the top uh, of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and leave us all with that image of, right, me Perfect. cold on a mountain but happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. Awesome. That was so much fun, you know, talking to Ryan about that, hearing his experience, being, like, on the front lines of this stuff. Um you know, and, and just uh, getting to share some stories with him and making me think about Sierra Nevada more than I already do, which <laughs> I didn't know what happened tonight, but here we are. And that's not too surprising, uh, but that was it's, great. It's been an awesome, I mean, I remember when we first were like, we should try and come up with a series to just cover like the very basics of beer. I know sometimes we went maybe a little bit 
beyond the very basics, yeah, especially so. in your fermentation science. Yeah, episode. Right. I know. I think I had, right. Again, again we've had a, a couple of beverages at that point. It's kind of like free wheel and Harrison kicking back in the bar stool and, and just no rules, no time. Let's just get into it. So I, I appreciate you guys sticking with us. Hopefully it made sense. And, uh, and was enjoyable, but uh, but yeah, it was a thing we wanted to do for a long time, and uh, we did it. So I'm I'm happy and uh, and sad at the same time. With all good things, though, they, they must end, and we're on if to the next thing, right? If there's still things, questions unanswered, things True. you really want to get into about beer, um, Harrison is not only a fabulous guitarist, but a pretty damn good scientist. Hit us up on Twitter at that beer podcast and ask away. Um, we'd love to answer those questions or try. Yeah, for sure. And other than that, tune in next week uh, for some beers from across the pond. We're drink two different uh, beers from Siren Brewing. Uh, nice. That'll be awesome. I've never had anything from them, so that's going to be really cool. Otherwise, this episode and all of our episodes are brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped Merchandise Store. If you're checking it out, you'll go to... Um, store.untap.com when you get there though make sure you use the coupon code podcast that's going to give you 20% off and it's going to let them know you listen to the show which certainly is pretty cool Um, otherwise show notes for this and all of our shows are available at podcast.untap.com if you have any questions or feedback or questions about beer 201 connect with us on untapped twitter (laughs) facebook connect with untapped directly let them know you're asking about drinking socially or join our facebook group at facebook.com slash drinking socially yeah and we will see you guys next week cheers cheers where's the there we go (laughs) bullseye